Welcome to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. I'm Scott. I'm Candace. I'm Lariah. And I'm Lacey. Grab a drink and come hang with us at the Hangar Bar. Hello everyone and welcome back to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. It's nice to have you guys here and if you are new, welcome back. Uh, or if you are new, welcome. <laughs> if you're new, welcome back. <laughs> if you've been here a while, welcome. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible at the intros. Anyways, today we are going to be talking about a topic which I hope we all have the same passion about. We're going to be talking about some release dates that Disney has been pushing out and... For movies. For movies, yes. And it's... We all have our own opinions about it, so hopefully... Yeah, this, we'll could, be... this could be an interesting episode because I think it's going to be very opinion heavy. Yeah. Yeah, so are we going to talk about the movies themselves, or is this just more about the frequency and the amount of movies that they're releasing? I think both. Yeah, I was going to have to have both for context, all okay. because that's going to affect opinion. Okay. Or my opinion, anyway. <laughs> Which you can have other ones, but it's wrong. <laughs> you are allowed to have an opinion that's different from mine, just know that you're wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Welcome. So. <laughs> Welcome to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. Your friend Candace will tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> I feel like, Lariah, what what do you think inspired this? Because Lariah did come up with this episode idea. So I want we want to know, tell our listeners, what inspired this topic? Yeah, what's grinding your gears? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I will happily talk about that. I hope you all listened to the last podcast. We had uh, mine and Lacey's sister Miley on board. And we like to discuss everything. And we're, she's very passionate about Disney as well. And so she brought to my attention that there will be a new Disney movie called Wish releasing in November of this year, I believe. Is that a Pixar or just Disney? Just Disney. Just Disney, okay. Because elementals oh that's right came out in june and that is pixar and i guess i never like i feel like we've talked about how quickly things have been in fast pace with disney things have been yeah but i guess i didn't really notice until she said something and i said already like what was the last disney movie to come out Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, right. And that's a live action. Mm -hmm. So now we got a live action. We have a Pixar. We have an original Disney. And then we, we're not even touching Marvel. Like, with... Star Wars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's... I mean, we will touch on that. But we're just mentioning, like, Disney animated, Disney live action. Yeah. Like, Marvel movies... Even Marvel TV shows or yeah. shows are coming out right and left. And I will say that I we mean no like disrespect to anybody's fan base or anything. And yeah. <laughs> with that being said, those are all different fan bases. So we have like Star Wars and Marvel, with which is completely different fan bases than just like original Disney. And for some people, for some people, but. I feel like 
the ones I'm concerned about are the original Disney. How they just keep... It's just so fast anymore. Yeah. And it's very hard to keep up. It's exciting nonetheless, but it's also... I had mentioned how my anticipation and excitement just dropped because it's just like, oh, another one. Like, I barely got over the last one, you know? Yeah. And it's just hard to keep up anymore. Yeah. I mean, I agree, too. I am excited for Wish. It looks Mm -hmm. super cute. Interesting story. Yeah. Yeah, very original, Mm -hmm. which that is the thing about Disney with their Disney movies and Pixar movies. I feel like they're very original, which not talking about the live actions that have been coming out Mm -hmm. for as long as I can remember, it would be one Disney movie coming out a year Mm -hmm. that like you would just be so excited about when Tangled came out, when Princess and the Frog came out, Moana, like all of those. It was just an exciting, you had to wait for it. And then it went to theaters for a while and then you'd have to wait to buy it on DVD to watch it. We didn't have streaming services, really, or I think Netflix maybe was the only one we had for a while, and maybe Hulu, but Disney movies weren't, like, newer ones weren't coming on there, Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And then they'd go into the vault. Yes! Within a specific amount of time, they'd go into the vault and not be available for years at a time, and then they could release the Platinum Edition of the DVD and charge twice the amount that they did for the original one. But because they shoved some extra stuff in there, you got this brand new beautiful DVD out of the vault. Yes. And that's why they're doing the live action remakes now. Because the vault doesn't exist anymore. Okay, that was going to be my question with Disney Plus. Is what is, how are they using the vault? They're not. They're not. You have all those movies that are out there. So when, when you see Little Mermaid, Lion King, Aladdin live actions, as much as we... Well, number one, Lion King live action isn't live action. It's just computer animation. But Dumbo, Lady (laughs) and the Tramp. Any of those live action movies are taking the place of the vault. Mm -hmm. What you'll probably see is in another 10 years, they'll go back and do, they'll retell those stories again. Maybe not in live action. Maybe they'll go back to animation, but have different voice actors or alter the story a little bit. To bring in a new generation of people. The vault, what it did was it allowed people that were our age, that had kids your age, to be like, hey, look at this movie from my youth. Let's go out. I saw this in the theater. I'm going to take you to see it in the theater. Now, with like, we'll use Little Mermaid as an example. We grew up with Little Mermaid. That came out when we we went to see that one in the theater. (laughs) Now... Our people our age with kids are like, I want to take my kid to see The Little Mermaid in theater. They wouldn't necessarily want to take their kid to see Little Mermaid the cartoon in the theater because they've been watching that on Disney Plus every day for the last six years. So they have to do something mm-hmm. to bring that nostalgia back and then also make money off of that money, that movie franchise again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I know it's all business and everything, and, like, with the world being so fast-paced now, they got to keep up, but you're right, the anticipation isn't, I don't know, it's not as fun as it used to be. Mm -hmm. 
And also, do we see any other animation studios? Not that I can really think of one right now because Disney. But <laughs> do we see any other animation studios that are chunking out movies like this at this pace? So are we talking about animation movies or are we talking about versions of animated movies? Okay, excuse me. Are we talking about animation and quote-unquote live action, which could not be further from the truth, movies? <laughs> I mean, Disney's competitors right now, I feel like, are completely different than what they used to be. Because they used to be competitors with DreamWorks. Mm -hmm. I watched a TikTok of someone comparing the two movies that DreamWorks or the movie that DreamWorks would come out and then Disney would try to like one-up them or vice versa. One example of that is Madagascar, mm -hmm. okay? DreamWorks came out with that and then Disney came out with Into the Wild, which obviously... I, I've never seen Into the Wild. It looks super cute, but Madagascar was such a big thing. I can't think of one right now where DreamWorks kind of copied. They don't really, it doesn't seem like they have that anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't think, maybe Warner Brothers, they might have a little, maybe Warner DC. Brothers have been toe-to-toe -to -toe with Disney forever. Really? I mean, they were, like, fighting, and some of the animators that worked for Disney... Went to Warner Brothers clear back in the day. So they've been at each other for ever. Right. Because you all would agree that the biggest competitor, especially when it comes to the parks, is probably Harry Potter. Universal. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yes. And I feel like I Disney doesn't really have like a Harry Potter sort of... There's Pandora, but I don't think Avatar will ever be as popular as Harry Potter mm -mm. and all of that. But I don't know. It's just, I feel like Disney is kind of competing with itself currently mm -hmm. with the Marvel, the Star Wars, and then of course mm -hmm. their original, or and Pixar, and then Disney Animation Studios, and then Disney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've just been, well you, well, you all have been talking, I've been Googling a little bit. So... DreamWorks is actually releasing two animated features this year. I wonder what their last one was. Their last one was Troll Hunters Rise of the Titans. They did do trolls. Okay. Okay. Well, that was directed to video streaming. So their last one that they released was Puss in Boots The Last Wish. Okay. So is Shrek DreamWorks then? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then the... Pixar, which is a Disney company, they have Elemental that's coming out this year. That's their only release well, this year. Out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's June 16th mm -hmm. it released. I didn't hear that it's doing well at the box office, but I want to go see it. Um, oh, anyway. yeah. The preview we saw looked really cute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then that whole Romeo and Juliet sort of thing mm -hmm. with a science twist on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pixar has two coming up in 2024. Elio and Inside Out 2. See, and here's the, the sequels. Yeah, the yeah. sequel. And that's what everybody does. Like, I think they just think there's so much money to be made in in sequels that, oh, I love the first one. Let me go out. Disney does the same thing. Frozen 2. Admittedly, I think Frozen 2 is probably a better movie, but 
It, I don't I know agree. about you all, oh, but... Two of them, yes. I agree. But they need to stop. Yeah, yeah. They've got the third on the table. I'm oh, like, why? I think it's going to be a Toy Story situation where, where they're they just, just going to stop. Yeah. Just going to kill But they've it. done that forever. I mean, yeah. they did it with Bambi. They did it with Cinderella. They did it with Lion King. They did it with Tinkerbell Story. They did it with all the things. I'm just like, stop. You know what I stop hate? It, stop it. You know what Agreed. I hate about that? What do you strongly dislike about that? What I strongly dislike about that is Walt is on record as saying he didn't like sequels. I know. He always wanted to tell new stories. I know this. See, and that's the problem, I guess. It's just that with the sequels, the originals start to lose their magic a little bit. When we have, it just keeps going and going. Eventually, these stories have to end. And why don't you have them end on a good note instead of Frozen 65 ending when... <laughs> right. When... Here's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was you know, Candace dying. The siren scream <laughs> on, on uh, Frozen 2. Oh, Elsa's siren scream when yeah. she's 187 years old? Yes, yeah. because that would be how old she is at Frozen 65. <laughs> uh, 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 I love that um, soundboard. Yeah. Her vocal cords. Yeah. <laughs> They've split in two. <laughs> yeah, she's done. They're frozen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then Walt Disney Animation has Wish coming out later this year, 2023. That's the only animated film they're releasing this year. And that's the only one listed on their upcoming list. But I also did just like a little bit of looking at like the Walt Disney Studios the number of movies that they've put out just to, cause I'm interested in this. Are they push, pushing out too much too quick? Yeah. 2020 in the pandemic, Candace Marie, <laughs> just for those that didn't hear that whisper, she said, that's what she said. And that is what she said. <laughs> and that is what she said. <laughs> this one's going to be hard to listen to. I think so. In, we warned them. <laughs> in 2020, Walt Disney Studios released 20 movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think that included Pixar. I think that's just Walt Disney Studios. And that doesn't include Marvel or Star Wars. No, that includes everything in Walt Disney Studios. So that's okay. the Marvel, Star Wars. Anything that released in 2020, they released 20 movies. Goodness. In 2021, they released 21 movies. In 2022? Let me guess. 22? No. What? 33 movies last year. 33. 33 movies last year. This year, 2023, they have either released or plan on releasing 27 movies. And they already have 10 planned movies for 2024 that are going to be releasing. That's a lot. It is. So I get it from a business perspective. Understandable. But at the same time... Why do they need to be releasing this information? Do you know what I mean? Like, why can't they just keep it a secret until it's time to, like, broadcast it? And then we're all like, yay. And yay, they did an event like it used to be. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't know how marketing used to work in terms of getting people excited for movies. Well, I know for me, 
when I was a little girl. It was always through seeing a movie at the theater or even on your TV. A, a commercial would come on and it would be mm-hmm. a trailer to one of the movies. That's how I would find mm-hmm. out. I think with people moving away from like cable TV and that kind of stuff. And, and movie theaters. On streaming services, they mm-hmm. don't have to watch commercials anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's not that outlet. Mm-hmm. Other than, like, throwing it between YouTube videos or, you know, mm-hmm. something right. like that. And even then you can pay for an ad-free. Mm-hmm. Okay, those numbers might include Pixar because Elemental is listed on this list. Well, I feel but, like Pixar is the only one who really slowly releases them out. Mm-hmm. We don't have a ton of Pixar movies out compared to Marvel, Star Wars, Star Wars mm-hmm. and... Including with Star Wars is, like, all of, like, the miniseries, the series, like, The Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. and, like, all of that included. And Disney movies, too. I just feel like Pixar Studios really takes their time. I get more excited for Pixar movies nowadays. Yeah. I think, technically, they're a little more difficult to Mm. produce, just with the computer animation and all the... Programming and all of that that it takes. I think it takes longer mm-hmm. to do that than some of the other things that we're talking about. That yeah. makes sense. I could be 100% yeah. wrong. And I, I think I the pandemic know. kind of... Like, I don't want to blame the pandemic for things, but... Why not? Screwed up the world. It did. It really did. It made it to where the anticipation for movies just went away. Yeah. yeah. Like, Encanto. What a fantastic movie that basically got no... Publicity. I don't remember seeing anything about it until it showed up on Disney Plus, and they started saying, "Hey, releasing on Disney Plus tomorrow in Kanto." And I know that's one that never went to the theater because of pandemic and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, bad man that we won't name was trying to push everything to Disney Plus to get that up and running off the ground, so they didn't do a theatrical release of it, which did that movie dirty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That movie deserved a theater. They should bring it back. Did you know, I did hear this, that we don't talk about Bruno, that hit most played more than... Let it go. Let it go. Well, it thank did. God. Yeah. And we don't talk yeah, about Bruno. It's not that. even the best song from that show. No. It is no. not. It is not. But it did reach, which I find crazy because it I it's still an underrated movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it came out... Everyone was obsessed with the songs. Do you hear anybody talk about it? Do people still talk about Frozen? Yeah. Okay, that's what I was going to say. When did Frozen 2 come out? 20... Was that 18? 19? Because I feel like... Stop looking it up. People were still obsessed with Frozen 2 when Encanto came out. And it is another situation that is very... That I am very salty about because I will always and forever speak about how Tangled o- tangled overshadowed Princess and the Frog. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it deserved way more than that. And Encanto deserves... Well, she's getting her due now. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so Frozen 2 released November 22nd of 2019. Okay. Encanto released almost two years later, November 24th of 2021. Yep. See? But was Frozen 2 good enough... Again, I think that's the difference. Like, coming out of the pandemic, Disney was still in pandemic mode in 2021. Yeah. So as that movie was being animated and brought out and marketed, they weren't thinking theater. If 
the pandemic hadn't happened, I think Encanto probably would have been made a bigger deal because two years between those two those two franchises is probably long enough that it shouldn't have stepped on its toes, but it did because if you think about it, Frozen Two was the last Disney animation film that people saw in a theater prior to pandemic. And um, I've heard people prefer Frozen Two over the. First. I do. I do. Yeah. I think the music is better. I think the story is better. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was gonna say Onward was the last one, but that's Pixar, and I know that's still a Disney company. But still, I saw nothing of Onward before it came no, out. No, we didn't either. We and haven't even seen it yet because I'm like, neither. I don't understand what this is, and other than what I've heard is gonna make me cry. My yeah. guess is if you saw Onward in a theater. It was weeks You before. got lucky yeah. because mm-hmm. it released on March 6th. I think, yeah. So it would have been the next week oh. that the pandemic hit. So that I saw it that week before. And I, even when it hit and everything, I was thanking God. I was like, wow, you, just with our Disney trip. Yeah. Yeah. Right before everything went mm-hmm. to shit. Yeah. COVID was in the States when we were in Disney. That is crazy. Crazy the people coughing that. when we were at Disney probably had COVID. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I think this is you're why right, we though. stay where we stay when we go. <laughs> <laughs> we don't stay with the plebeians. <laughs> yeah, we were safety is the number one key. <laughs> but I think you're right, Scott. I think that with Encanto, it did have a lot to do with it not having a theatrical release. But also, I feel like COVID did change that quite a bit because I think now people are getting way more into seeing movies at theaters just now, even though they've been opened up for what, like safely without a mask for like a year now, maybe, Mm -hmm. would we say? Mm -hmm. I feel like just now... They're starting to get more traction. Also, Frozen, the first one, came out 2014, 2013. 2014, I think. The hype for that lasted for years. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, I know Frozen 2 coming out two years before Encanto seems like a long time, but compared to Frozen, like, it's still, that thing is a franchise now. With only the two movies that it has. It is a complete... (laughs) agreed i it's a fine movie like it's fine if it wasn't overhyped i would probably like it a lot more than i do but the hype just ruins it Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. agree what was the social the 15 second vine when did vine 20 i want to say that was around 2014 yeah, so January of 2013 is when Vine launched. 2013, okay. I miss Vine. So that was 11 months prior to Frozen. Let It Go became a strong female empowerment anthem, as it should. It's mm-hmm. a great song for that. Right as Vine was becoming the most popular social media app on the planet. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about the perfect storm for a movie and a song and everything to become bigger than what it should have. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Cuz let it go. It, it's Damn a it's a media. it's a good song. <laughs> Musically it's not even a great song. No. Yeah. Good messaging but not a great song. Again, just like I don't I don't understand. Maybe this is old man shouts at cloud moment for me. 
But I don't understand how the most popular songs become the most popular songs. In Kanto, we don't talk about Bruno is probably, what, fourth on the list of best songs in that movie? Mm-hmm. What Ridiculous. is your favorite song in that movie? I love the, the Pressure song. Me too. Yeah, that's mine. Mm-hmm. That is, I think that's probably the best song. The second best is her opening, The Family Madrigal. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And then I... The next one is, Candace would probably disagree with order a little bit, but the one they sing at the river at the end. Those Orakitas? Yes. It's a good one. And then That's we don't talk favorite. about Bruno. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. It's a good one. Yeah. So I don't, just like from Frozen, I don't know how Let It Go, other than at a time when maybe we needed strong female characters to sing an empowering song, you have that release. ABC picks up on it. You get little girls on Vine singing this song or lip syncing to this song that then show up on Good Morning America. and Which ABC is owned by the Disney company. Exactly. There we go. It's that marketing piece all plays into it. And again, I, I don't know that I've said this on the podcast, but it's a long held belief of mine. If you are not paying for something, you are the product. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you're on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, TikTok, whatever, if you do not have to pay a subscription price for that, they are selling you. Which, by the way, join us on all of our socials and interact with us. We'd love to have you. Thank you so much. Sell yourself to those entities so we can interact with you. It's, yes. We're on all of them, so Let's you should be too. talk about selling ourselves. That's just inappropriate. <laughs> do we think that with as many movies that Disney pushes out, do they lose value? Yes. Yeah. I think you have to keep in mind, and, and it's something that runs through my head a lot because of what I do for work and my love of the Disney company overall. Mm-hmm. Quality will always rain out over quantity for yep. me. Agreed. And if it's just one movie a year that comes out that it is an absolute beautiful piece of art. It's treasured. It's treasured and it is timeless and it will last forever. Mm-hmm. Where some of this other dribble will go away. And people will be like, that what? They did that when? So I think they yeah. need to be careful with that because slowly, I, okay, I'll be honest. I'm not the largest Marvel fan. I've started watching at the very beginning, but I'm not really a superhero movie kind of girl. Mm-hmm takes a lot for me because there's so much noise and so much, a lot of things going on to process. Mm-hmm. I have not continued that pattern because it just doesn't hold the same yep. love. And I don't value it as much. I agree. Yeah, I, I used to be, our whole family used to be obsessed with the Avengers. What are there, like five of those now? Six of those now? There are four Avenger movies. However, the one, then there's Black Widow. There is, like, there's so many. on and on. I think with the last movie we saw in theaters, I think we saw at least three trailers for new Marvel shows. Yeah, I um, used to be able to say that movies. I've seen all of the Marvel movies. Like, I I used to be able to say that with total confidence. Now, I don't even... I can't even name them all. You would have to stay in for, like, at least 
five days to watch them all now. And just longer than that. Longer than that. Just even since the last Avenger movie came out. And not saying that they're all bad. There's some that I still really want to watch. But it's just, it messes with my head anymore. It's just, if I start this one, then it's a commitment. And then I'm just like, when is it going to end? It gives me anxiety just thinking about watching some of them where I'm just like, this has just lost all its meaning to me anymore. Yep. I kind of feel that way with Guardians of the Galaxy, to be 100% honest. Do not see the I liked the first one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did. I thought it Mm -hmm. was innovative. I thought it was clever. I thought it was interesting. It was a good concept. And then they started with the second one. I don't know if we saw that one or not. I think I did. Um, I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I watched it. And I'm like, okay, they're doing a sequel. And then they're coming out with three. And then they have rides. And then all of this. And I'm just like, stop it. Yeah. It To me, and I know, again, this is my opinion only, mm-hmm. that content is not good enough to deserve the hype that it is getting. No. It... Well, okay, my thing, I agree with you, because my thing about that is I used to love Marvel when they first started to introduce a lot more comedy into them, you know? Yes. It got really funny. As I've continued to watch them, I did go see the newest Guardians. I cried. That one, you would not like it, Candace. Do not watch it. I'm telling you now, do not watch it. They are recycling the same jokes, just like yeah. this is not Disney related, but I don't know if you guys have watched all of the Hangover movies. Uh-huh. Yes. I love the first one. The second one was okay. By the third, I'm like, okay, we are recycling the same jokes. Yeah, it's just the same movie in a different location. Yeah. 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 And yeah. that's how the the Marvel movies are now. They keep recycling the same stuff to where it's just, okay, can we get something new and fresh out here? Well, it's to the point where, is it really Disney quality? No. We hold Disney to a very, mm-hmm. very high standard. Same Which as they a lot have of done people. by themselves. Yes. Yeah. They, they have their nobody empire. but themselves to blame. Yes. Yes. And it's just, I feel like it's kind of a tarnish on their own name to be just mass producing these movies that are kind of low quality. Quality. That's They're a pretty hot gross. take. I'm proud of yeah. you for saying that. That's... Well, it's no offense to Disney, no offense to anyone who loves those movies, but it's just, it's kind of heart-wrenching just to see that happen. Yeah, How it's like, in. yeah, yeah, like, gimme, 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 gimme more, and could the consumers have a big part of this? Yeah, absolutely. But it's just, it's too much. Yeah. Please, slow yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. So let's do a... I'm I'm interested in going down this this road. So I've gone back and I've looked at the year Frozen was released. There were only so in 2022 I said there were 33, right? Yes. In 2013, when Frozen was released, there were only 11 movies released by the Disney Studios, less than one per month, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wait, but 13? You said 2013. 11. There were 11, 11 movies released. Okay. Numbers. Less than one. Math per is month. hard. Math is hard. <laughs> okay, but we're gonna pretend you have eleven fingers, and let's do a put your finger down challenge. The challenge is put a finger down if you think this was a high quality, up to Disney standards movie. Okay. Oz the Great and Powerful. 
That was Disney. Yep. <laughs> I did well, see that. Down, let me tell you. <laughs> Wings of Life, which was a Disney nature production. Iron Man Three. Monsters University. The Lone Ranger. Planes. That was, that's movies a joke. <laughs> the Fifth Estate, which is a touchtone DreamWorks picture. Thor, The Dark World. Delivery Man. That sounds wrong. Which is also touchtone. <laughs> Frozen. I will say it's it was worthy when it's it a came solid. Out. Yeah, when yeah. it came out, it's a solid. And Saving Mr. Banks. Yes. I haven't seen that one yet. It's so good. Candace has two fingers down. Three. Three fingers down. Lacey has two, two fingers down. Three. Lariah has mm-hmm. three. I'm not going to go through all 33 movies from, from 2023, but my point is Disney has always had a throw spaghetti against a wall and see what sticks methodology. Except mm-hmm. when Walt was at the helm. Bam. Because that's all they had. They could only afford to do one movie a year. And they put everything they had into that one movie. I mean, look what he did with Seven... Seven? Seven Dwarfs in the Snow White. Yes. yes. Go with that. Wow. Well, I, well, maybe that's they are next, the... St- like, hey. They're the that, star of the show this time. That, that one's gonna... I think they are doing a live action of that. Speaking of. Oh, I'm I sure. Mean, at, this at this point. Anyway... They had to invent a new kind of camera to get it to look the way that Walt wanted it to look. Wow. And that was the first feature-length animated movie that Walt made. And he wanted to do it, and he convinced his animators to do it by sending them all out to go get steak dinner. And then when they came back, he had all the storyboards out, and he stood, and he told them that story. And he did all of the different voices for all of the different characters. And he actually was the one that named the dwarves. That kind of creativity and that kind of dedication and that kind of inspiration and innovation should go into every single thing that they do. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't. If they they can put out, like, 11 is a relatively low number. Agreed. Okay. And I'm going to be honest. I did not know that half of those were Disney. And that is probably for good reason, too. But for the ones that they are putting their name on, it needs to be high quality. Because I figure that's very, you are Walt Disney. That is his name. Like, you're putting his name on these movies. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. When did Walt pass? 66? 66. I'm just, again, I'm looking at, like, the 1960s before he passed. Movies that I've never heard of. Toby Tyler. Kidnapped. Live action. Pollyanna. That's a good movie. It is a good movie. The Sign of Zorro. Good movie. Jungle Cat. Ten Who Dared. Swiss Family Robinson. That's a good movie. Y'all have been to the treehouse. We have. (laughs) We have. It was great. 101 Dalmatians. (laughs) The Absent-Minded Professor. The Parent Trap. Nikki. Wild Dog of the North. Greyfriars Bobby. Oh, Babes in Toyland, <laughs> Moon Pilot, Bon Voyage, Big Red. Again, I'm not going to go through all of those. The point is, like, even when Walt was running the studio, they had misses. Of course mm-hmm. they did. Oh, yeah. But not 33. 
Right. That's I had that entire list encompassed like five years worth of movies. Okay, I was gonna say that was like nineteen sixty through which is the last one I said, was through the end of sixty one. So that was two years worth of movies. Do you think their goal is to push out as many as they can in hopes that like they have like a a set number that they're hoping that will profit enough to cover the cost of all of yes. them and give them profit? Yes. yes. Then what's the... I don't... Are they afraid of pushing out just a few? Yes. They can't because perform. if it fails, mm. that potentially sinks the studio. We I don't think we understand like some of those direct-to-DVD or direct-to-streaming titles that then they can market and they can take the the characters from and and that kind of thing i don't think we understand quite how much money they actually make on those Hmm. and how much it funds the rest of the studio you think because most of those have super tiny budgets and super tiny marketing budgets Mm -hmm. so anything anything that it makes off of merchandising or subscriptions or whatever is pretty much all profit but you take a movie like Little Mermaid that cost them $400 million to make and another $400 million to market. If it only makes, that's, you're, you're knocking close to a billion dollars just to get that movie into theaters. What happens if they only bring in $600 million in the in the theatrical release? Right. All of a sudden, you've sunk your stock price for the entire company and taken a quarter worth of profit away from your shareholders. They can't do that. No, they yeah. can't do that. That's true. Yeah. As a shareholder, they cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those so, a lot of times, and probably comparing 2023 to some other years isn't probably fair because they were coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. When they had all of these movies mm-hmm. that were in production, when they're right. trying to make some money back from the parks being closed, all of these things are like, what's the one thing we can control? We can release, we can release, we can release. Mm-hmm. And again, we've talked about it before. They are very conservative company, business related. When it comes to the business side of things, they're very, very conservative. So they're not going to do any, this may seem fly by the seat of their pants, but it's very, some chart that somebody put together told them that this is what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Right. We had this conversation in, in book club and I actually had it at work today too. And the book that we read for the last book club was Marty Scalar's book. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Roy and Walt did very well as a team was Walt was the creative, always drove for the best possible creative solution. Roy managed the finances and knew when to pull Walt back. Mm -hmm. Knew when to let him go and knew when to pull him back. That is something I feel like the Disney company is missing right now. Whether it be in Imagineering or just at the top. It almost is as convoluted as it seems in an anti-every-business book you'll ever read. It almost feels like Disney needs two people at the top. We, we talked in book club. What made Michael Eisner so successful in his first 20 years with Disney? Frank Wells. Michael Eisner was the creative. Frank Wells knew when to rein him in. Mm-hmm. What, what helped Walt be so successful? Roy. Roy. But now speaking of book club, I've started our 
next selection, which is called The Sorcerer's Brother, and it's about Roy. I'm not very deep into it yet, but the parts that I have read said that Roy was the only person, only person, that could tell Walt no without massive repercussions. Right. I mean, there were people that told Walt no, but they didn't work past noon that day or ever again oh. for them. <laughs> right. And I think that's one of the things that's missing from that company right now, and it, it's evident in the movies. Mm-hmm. They spend so much time on the financial side of it. Your CEOs are, are driven by Candace, shareholder, not... Candace fan of the company. Right. And I get that. They need to learn how to balance both. Right. And I think they've gotten away from that a little bit. They're also trying to recover from leadership that was very bottom line driven. And you know it as much I, as I do. I know I it's do. true. I know it's true. Chapik was very much accounting driven. But everything that I'm seeing and reading... Iger is just as much bottom line driven. He's just a smoother talker. He's not repellent. He needs somebody to to stand up to him from a creative perspective and say, no, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. This is the innovation we're going to make. I agree, but they're too busy putting overlays on rides that don't need to be done. Candace, I yes. think I know, especially you, probably you, Lacey, as well, know exactly what I'm going to say. Yeah. Along the lines of the financial versus creative creative aspects of create putting this into Disney. I feel like it has lost a little bit of passion. And that's where my disconnect is. Mm-hmm. Is it's like I would see a Disney movie and there would just be this warmth inside of me where I was like Oh my god! It just the magic just doesn't stop. That movie would like come become your personality for the next like three months, and we would just gush about it yeah. and just get so excited. And then all of a sudden, it just I could feel from the advertisements, from I don't know all the other things that it just is just there from a business standpoint. And Disney is a business. I understand that it's hard to accept. But it's just, there's not a lot of passion anymore. Whereas Scott was saying the creative point, it, someone needs to step in with this, I will not accept no attitude and start from, because we've covered the business point. It's, it's all there, but the passion is just kind of lost anymore with the rapid pacing yeah, and I, I feel that in the parks as well mm-hmm. as the movies. Yep. It, it just seems there have been some directions that have been lost. Yeah. And, like, with all the changes that they're making in Epcot, and I'm sure it's going to be fabulous when it's done, if it's ever done. Whatever. <laughs> but let's take the nighttime spectaculars as an example. So we had Fantasy in the Sky fireworks for the first ones at Magic Kingdom. Those ran forever. Then we had Wishes. Those ran forever. Then we got Happily Ever After. I'm not going to lie. I was salty when Happily Ever After took over Wishes. I was too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, why? Well, then 
happily ever after was like, all right, yeah, I can cry through this just as well as I could wishes. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Everything's fine. And then they brought out the 50th Mm -hmm. fireworks, which I did not care for until they did the second iteration Mm -hmm. of them, iteration of them, that introduced Walt and Mickey, which should have been there from the beginning. Agreed. Because if we're talking about 50th anniversary history, you have to go back to where you came from. And all of what we're talking about is nothing without Walter Elias Disney. Mm-hmm. But then, so then they, they did the 50th anniversary, second iteration of the fireworks. Now they've brought back Happily Ever After. I'm thrilled. But like over in Epcot, we had Epcot Forever, which is a fine show. And it had sound clips from Walt and some of the old uh, attractions that aren't in Epcot anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in Harmonious, which again, it took me a little bit to warm up to. Now they took that away and they're doing Epcot Forever again because they're trying to whip out another something else. It's like, pick a lane and just stick with it for a while. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think they're relying way too much on people's initial reactions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I also, I'm going to go back to the movies too because it it also ties in, I feel like with some things that they try way too hard on because, yep, because a lot of my favorite Disney movies are some of the most underrated movies that I feel like everyone and their mom, again, we're going to go back to Frozen. They're going to keep making them because 65. everyone loves them. Yeah. Frozen 65. Like really bad alcohol. Frozen yeah, we'll, we'll make Frozen 67 the title of this episode. It yeah. sounds like some like bottom shelf, terrible plastic bottle liquor. Gonna <laughs> get me some Frozen 65. <laughs> it really does, but... Frozen 65 also goes to therapy. <laughs> also goes to rehab. <laughs> That was great. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry. No, no. It's almost as if they're trying to please the people way too much instead of putting out what they want to put out. That's what she said. Because some of my favorite recent Disney movies, like you said, you guys haven't seen Onward yet. That is now in my top 10 favorite Disney movies. That movie was so good, so unique and fun. And then Luca. Have you guys seen Luca yet? I like Luca a lot. That one has like no attention. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was one of those that they just kind of pushed out there. Pandemic release. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was so good. Soul. Soul was another one. Soul is Super underrated movie. Exactly. And then one of the most recent ones is Turning Red. I love that movie so much. Right. Did that one get a theatrical release or was it straight to Disney Plus? It went straight to Disney Plus. I think so too. And I mean, I don't know what exactly my point is. <laughs> I just well, want to bring up those movies. Because they're they need to be acknowledged because they're amazing. Yeah, because it's just like I'm tired of the live I know we've already talked about the live actions and why they're doing it. We've are but I'm just I'm getting tired of that. I'm getting tired of the sequels. I, especially with any movies nowadays, I feel like they're turning so many movies into, like, I'm a horror fan. 
movies that have been coming out, Halloween, Scream, they're bringing all of these back. They're fun, but I'm craving that original content again. Right. Yeah. Well, on that point, I was going to say, I don't see if Disney stopped pushing out as much movies as they are, besides like Disney Originals and Pixar, I don't think they would lose any business. Like, and that could just be from a little naivety that I have inside me. Mm. But I, I feel like, like we keep talking about, they're just going too fast. And I think they're going to get more business and more business. I don't think they're going to lose any, though. With- I think if they release less, they just have to make... And this is, I think, your point. If they release less, they have to focus more on quality. Yeah. They right. have to ensure that it's not going to lose at the box office. What? However, <laughs> even when you go back to Snow White, nobody told Walt that one was going to be successful. He I didn't risked think his. It was. He risked his whole company mm-hmm. on that movie being released and being good, but he also had the quality to go into it where he walked in with confidence. I don't know that people go into a movie theater anymore with confidence that their movie is going to do well because we as a society consume differently than we used to. That's true. And that makes it hard to figure out who knows who's going to be boycotting what tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden that tanks your movie Mm -hmm. because you have a reference to something that one person doesn't like and they go viral on, on Twitter. Yeah. It's yeah, it's ridiculous how we consume. It is a whole different world. So. But your point is exactly right. Like right. they have to get back to producing high quality things. And if they want to shove out a hundred movies a year, shove out a hundred movies a year. But pick the four that you want to be remembered for and make those perfect movies. Right. Yeah. I think also with their movies, with the whole sequel thing too, is that I get frustrated because I think some of my favorites like Toy Story, I like Toy Story and I really like Toy Story 2. They should have stopped with that one. And I think for me, because I know a lot of people talk about Monsters, Inc. and how they decided to go the prequel route instead of the sequel. We all want that sequel because... That ending of Monsters Incorporated is iconic. We all want to know what's going on after Mike puts that door back together. Mm -hmm. However, I think if they made a sequel to that, I think the imagination of everybody is so much better than what they would come up with. The unknown is just, I think that's what keeps that magic alive. Right. Is that... You just, you never know. And with all of these sequels and everything and these backstories and getting super detailed, it's kind of fun to just have those movies that they just, because I don't want every single good movie that they have to become a franchise. Right. Ratatouille. Leave it. Leave it alone. It's perfect the way it is. And Doesn't need to be a ride. (laughs) I mean, yeah. We're talking movies today, kid. It's not rides. (laughs) <laughs> there's my eye roll in the look for the day 
Well, one of the most important parts about telling a story, which is what Disney bases its company off of, is having an ending. All stories must come to an end, okay? And they're very, very vital and important to the story. Like I keep saying, it's making me anxious because there's no end in sight. Just breathe. It's just... (laughs) It's just like... We can end this and then start something new, which is an amazing cycle. It's an amazing circle of life. Okay? And they just keep dragging us Thank you. (laughs) I was waiting for someone to do that. I feel like it's just not progressing in a very Disney way. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's just... They're just giving, they're letting the people be more in control now. And I feel like we don't really need that control. It's kind of like, you know, this is why you guys make the movies. So Mm -hmm. you do that and we will respond accordingly. But I feel like they're listening to the people way too much. And now we have all this power, which some people might like. But I feel like for me... I don't like to be given everything that I wanted. Like, when I was little, if I would... Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I was just going to ask you, what is that like? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, because it's like when when I was little, I would have loved if knowing that there would be, like, four Toy Stories. Like, if I was seven years old, Mm -hmm. knowing that, I'd be like, oh, my God. Really? This age? I'm like, no. We could have stopped that, too. Mm -hmm. It's not as great as you think it's going to be. Right. Yeah, and connecting a point that you were both making earlier, one of the things that I think Disney, and I think a lot of studios are doing this, so it's, I don't think it's unique to Disney, is they're trying to please everybody. Yep. Yeah. And they're they're reacting, like you said, they're reacting too much to current feedback. Mm-hmm. Harmonious. Yes. Is gone because people bitched about the way they did it. The barges that weren't movable. That's they were it. hideous. But that show was a phenomenal show. It was, if those barges could have been movable, like the ones that had been for Illuminations for years and years and years ahead of that, so the technology was there, Harmonious would still be playing because they couldn't move barges and you would have had perfect sight lines. I think the things they did with those barges are far advanced from what they were doing with the Harmonious barge. The illumination Yeah, barges. the illumination barge. Not saying that they're not, but they still could have figured it out. We're talking Disney, mm-hmm. but we've had this argument about soaring around the world. If they would have taken the time to film that properly so that there is not a bend in the Eiffel Tower and had it up to Disney-quality standards. Can you imagine what Walt would have said had he gone into that attraction and said, What the hell is that? Yeah. Do you think there's a bend in the Eiffel Tower in Ratatouille? No. 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 The ride. No, I don't think so, because that's a 3D ride. No, the movie. I don't understand your point. Just a little, just a little, uh, just just slightly, it's crooked a little bit. When he's looking out the window at it, if you look at it, it's tilted just a little bit. Yeah, and they're like, see, we got it right, guys. Is the Eiffel Tower the leaning tower of pizza? Pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just... I feel I don't want to say they're losing their touch, but they need to step it up. Yeah. So here's the thing: I don't think they're losing their touch at all because, as we were talking just a couple of minutes ago, 
they're putting out some really high quality shit. They are putting out, we haven't seen Onward, but I'll take your word that that's a good movie. They're putting out the Encantos. They're putting out the Soul. They're putting out all of the, the Turning Reds that are phenomenal stories that need to be told. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're doing a damn good job at it. Mm-hmm. So is this a pandemic thing where they couldn't pump them up as much as they could? Or is it we as a society weren't quite ready for it? Or is this Disney needs to slow down? Because we just said four movies that in Walt's day would have been released over the over the course of like eight years. Not over the course of three years. But aren't those all Pixar? No. Soul is Walt Disney Animation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, that one's Pixar. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Soul is Pixar. Is Turning Red Pixar? No, mm-hmm. that one... Yep, we just looked it up earlier. Okay. And that one didn't get a theatrical release. That is odd to me. But neither did Soul. Yeah, day. again, pandemic for that, for sure. That came out Christmas Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you looking it up? I'm just looking at the list of animation studios. So, Soul was Walt Disney Pictures. Oh, so it's not Pixar. Um, co-production. Let me look. No, co. It is Pixar. Co-production okay. with Pixar Animation Studios. What else did we say? I wonder is if Lightyear is a Pixar movie. I think it is. Yeah, because that story is a Pixar story, right? That is true. Good. Mm-hmm. Good point. So I'm going to introduce a possible topic for discussion for the group and it might be a little bit of a hot take i know that we have seen in the parks we've seen new iterations of rides based on guest experience feedback not being what they expected it to be for example when kilimanjaro safaris first opened there was a definite storyline about poachers and big red the mama elephant who killed and then a baby elephant that got saved and all these things. Well, they got feedback from guests saying, no, we don't want to see that. So they changed it to what it is today. So we've seen that in the parks. Mm-hmm. Collie River Rapids is another example of that, where there was a story and they were trying to get a message across and this, that, and the other. It didn't succeed, so they changed it. Do we feel that they are doing too much moral guidance with movies and that's why they're so all over the place because they're trying to help people kind of navigate the mess that the world is in right now and it's like grasping at too many messages for people to really register does that make sense it does it does i think with our world now inclusivity or is that am i saying Mm -hmm. that right is a Hot topic, okay? And you know, everybody wants to be represented. And I think everyone should. Mm -hmm. I do not think... I think Disney, with that, is going in the right direction. They want people to feel included. If you feel included, if you feel represented, you're going to like that company. You're going to give them Mm -hmm. your money, your time, your good reviews and everything. So as a company standpoint, yeah, I think they're headed in the right direction, especially what the world is right now. And I was talking to my friend about this earlier today. Polit- like movies have had political undertones for years. Wizard of Oz, that has 
uh, strong. St- yeah. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, mm-hmm. even. Before it was owned by Disney, correct? I don't mm-hmm. think they've always been owned by Disney. No. I think that's just a thing that Hollywood does, is they, that's how they kind of, I don't know, the companies try to tell their views or like, you know, they, it, it is unfortunately. And I, I know it kind of bothers some people because when you're watching a movie, you want to escape and everything, but. Is the company being too transparent with their inclusivity, diversity, all of that and getting past the point of a story to prove a political point? I don't think so. No more so than they've ever done. I'm just looking at a list of the Walt Disney Animation films. Dumbo. Yep. That one slaps you in the face of their motivation for their story in that one. Yep. Don't make fun of of kids. Don't make fun of people that are different than you. Don't be a racist asshat. All of those (laughs) kind of things that are in that movie compared to, let's go to the most recent uh, Walt Disney Animation release while Strange World was the most recent one, but Encanto that slaps you in the face with don't make fun of people that are different. People that are different add value and your family is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. basic story concept slaps you in the face both ways. They've always done it that way. And that that story and that particular message is very prevalent mm-hmm. in Disney. Yeah. Because of Walt and Roy's tied to their family. Yeah. I think some movies are a bit strong. Like, you can tell they're being a little bit more preachy. For instance, Wally. Yes. Great movie. But when you watch it, you kind of feel like crap. Avatar had that effect on me. The first one. Yes. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen the second one yet. But the first one, I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a human being and I feel like crap. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, some of them are just a little bit stronger than than others. And, you know, sometimes when you want to watch a Disney movie, you don't really want to be outed or, um, you know, you don't want to feel those strong emotions every time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when other movies come into play, like Emperor's New Groove. That's one I throw on if I just want to laugh and have a good time. Yeah. Even though there is a message behind it, you And it's know? the same message. Be nice to people that you don't know what they're going through. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and family is very important. Yeah. yeah. Just family. Exactly. And don't throw off who's code group. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Most important. That's the most thing. important part of that. <laughs> that is the lesson in that one right there. Right. But I think that the crowd that they don't want... Because, you know, there are people like Lightyear... A lot of people didn't like that because there is a gay character in there, right? And I think, especially right now, that's such a, that's a big topic and everything. And I think Disney is, I think they're do. I think Walt would be proud, to mm-hmm. be honest. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't want anybody to feel like they're not represented in his movies or welcome or loved. He wants people, he wants everyone to feel that way. Yeah. And... I think that they're doing a good thing. Well, this is why I'm excited for your episode on Epcot about his community that he wanted to create. I wish it because could be real. 
that's where it goes back to is community. He just wants us to work in harmony. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that was a very big goal of Walt Disney to Mm -hmm. have people just be kind to one another, to respect other people and who you are and like just believe in yourself and believe and lift each other up. That's a constant message you see in Disney and I love that so much. I have ever since I was little and I really took that to heart Mm -hmm. and I'm sure a lot of other people did too and I feel like it never gets any less important. In fact, I think we could argue it becomes more important. Yeah, especially now and that's why I feel like it's so important for Disney to be doing yeah. what, what it's they're doing, doing now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Be on the front edge of that culture change mm-hmm. that we're, we're going through because the culture change is the right change to be making. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so have Disney be on the forefront of that. Just like we, we point to Walt and his being on the forefront of how to do what, what happens in movies, in animation, in theme parks. He was always on the forefront of that. I think he always wanted to be on the forefront of cultural shifts as well. Mm-hmm. And sort of like, yep, we're, we're going to support you no matter what. Mm-hmm. So if you need somebody to back you up, Disney. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think? About- Answering your own question. I think what they're doing is the right thing. I really do. I think the diversity, the inclusion, the representation... Very, very important, and it needs to happen hardcore. With that said, I think they need to, and I know it's not easy once you're in a space like this, but they need to back away a little bit from the political stuff that's happening outside. Mm -hmm. But I know with that said, by them doing what they're doing with the diversity and inclusion and representation, it's a balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think Disney tried. I I think this is, yeah, I think this is one of those cases where Disney's employees got them in a little bit of trouble. Hmm. I think because there was a slow response from the beginning. Right. There was a, right. There should have been some sort of a statement made. Yes. Early to, even if it was just internal to say, that's where I think when Iger came back, he's like, we need to address some things publicly, some things we don't. And I think how Iger would have handled that is it would have been an internal thing to his... And so this is going back to the whole DeSantis versus Florida thing. Go back and listen to our episode on that if you want to catch up just a little bit on that. But the employees pushed Chapik to have to make a public thing because Chapik was going to be like, this is all going to go away. We're going to fight it. We're, we're going to, as a company, we don't agree with this. But we're not going to stand on a pedestal and shout because that's suicide. But his employee base was like, you're not doing anything? You're radio silent on this? That's ridiculous. Are you sticking up for us or not? It's like, do you know who we are at all? Right. And then it, mm-hmm. then it came out, the public started picking at Disney a little bit. So then Disney had to come out and say, this, we felt this all along, that this is bad legislation, and we're gonna, if it passes, we're going to fight to overturn it. And even then, I think Disney said... That should be it. We've made our public relations statement. It was ill-timed. We're going to get bad press for a week. Then it's just all going to go away. DeSantis, asshat DeSantis, decided to make that a political point to get him into the race for president. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to take on Disney because they disagreed with me. Even when Chapik got fired and Iger came back, Iger was like, I just want to sit down and talk to DeSantis. Let's talk. Let's figure this out. And DeSantis, no, we're going to do this in public. And that's when Disney started saying, fine. Okay. Our mouse dresses like a lawyer too. <laughs> so we're, we're fine doing all of these things and started making DeSantis look bad at every single turn. Real bad. It's like, you want to start this? That's fine, but we'll finish it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, it being as long of a thing. And that's the other thing I, again, follow us on all of our social medias. But the thing that drives me nuts about social media is it is a bullhorn for the extremes. Yes. Mm -hmm. We still talk about this on our podcast because there is, what, 3% of the population that still screams, Disney's woke. We're going to boycott Disney. We're going to whatever. Fine, don't go. There's more for me. Yeah. And <laughs> Amen. I think if we if we stop giving power to those voices, they'll go away. The thing about it is though is they're really really loud. Because we let them be. Because everybody is it's a very easily influential world as a right. Way. And so it's and very hard you, to ignore. When you see somebody being an asshat and saying let's go back to days of slavery or let's go back to times of Nazi Germany or all of the, let's go back to, let's make America great again and go back to pre-civil rights times. When you hear people say that, it makes people that are sane feel like they have to engage in that. And that's what they want because they're trying to get likes. They're trying to get, they're trying to get views. We have become, again, old man shouts at cloud moment. We've become a society that is more concerned with views, upvotes, and thumbs up buttons, internet clout, than we are with being good people. That's so Mm -hmm. sad. Very sad. Walt would not like that at all. No. No. Yeah. If we want to get political, we would need to do another podcast. Yeah. Because I could could go (laughs) on and on. (laughs) Okay. So this was a great discussion. We are we are a long ways into this one. This was an effortless conversation. Are we so done? I don't know. Are we? I. It feels so. like we've we've talked about what Walt would want and okay. like that whole conversation about Walt and comparing the movies from old to now and how there's still good movies being produced. There's just too many of them and too frequent, and the pandemic kind of killed us. For in that regard, I think kind of tied a bow on everything we were talking about. But if I'm wrong, let's keep talking. No, I I don't know. It's just had really good flow, I guess. Yeah. No, this was a oh, yeah. really good conversation yeah. and we can continue it. There's there's more episodes to be had. One thing I do want to say though say is, it. <laughs> is are we ever going to get to a point where we realize that we're moving way too fast and that we're going to start circling back to like not as long as they keep pushing this stuff out no but i'm saying are we going to reel it back in yeah i i realize that but my thing is are we going to get to a point where they're pushing out 300 movies a year are we ever i don't think so i think that we are going to reach a point sometime when we're all bored with how much comes out that they're just not going to get the money or what they think because 
33 movies in a year. That's, that's too much. a lot. That is what that's what over two a month. Yeah, that's Which, a movie every eight to ten days that's yeah. being released. I, so I just, I really think that, and I don't know when exactly, but I think that we are going to start going back, and I'm, and I'm hoping we do because this is well, getting yeah. how do how do we keep up? And also, like you said from the very beginning, quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And I know that he's pushed out, or not he. Disney has pushed out multiple movies and only like a handful of them have succeeded. It's scary to me to think that even with the parks, are they going to try to come out with a new ride every year? When does it stop? You know, like Mm -hmm. when are we going to be like, okay, we can't just keep getting faster and faster and faster and pushing all of this stuff out. It's got to come to an end. Well, and I think if you look back in the history of the parks, specifically Walt Disney World, you kind of see where they have been trying to change things and their guests are like, no, no. Because several, several, several years ago, they were talking about closing down Carousel of Progress. And the fans went absolutely ballistic, which I'm glad they did because Mm -hmm. we still have it because of that. And it's been updated since then because of the cult following that that ride now has, which... Hey, bring it on. Mm-hmm. I actually got into a fight online with somebody the other night. Speaking of Speaking social media of, and all the positive things you can do with it, argue with strangers. About, That'll help. About that exact thing. They were they were talking about upgrades to make in the park. They we were the thread was about Splash Mountain being rethemed to Tiana. And so they started talking about other things that needed to be done around the park. And this person suggested picking up Carousel of Progress. It makes more sense in Epcot and making it a walkthrough attraction in Epcot. And I'm like, hold on. I can't let this go. Not on my watch. Yeah. (laughs) You understand that this is the only ride in all of Walt Disney World that Walt turns screws on. The only attraction. Let me get that right. The only attraction that Walt Disney worked on and oversaw in the entirety of Walt Disney World. Why would it not sit in the one park that he knew was going to be created in the Florida Project? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm all about change. I'm all about updating. But you got to hold on to some of the past. We have to remember where we've come from. Right. Mm-hmm. I will say that that is a hill I will die on in this discussion every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad you told them. You told them off. Yeah, I can't imagine that being a walkthrough att- attraction somewhere in... No, that, that's not the point of it. No. That's when I would not want to go. If they were starting to mess with some of that classic Disney stuff, that's when I would probably put my foot down and say, I don't think I can support this company anymore, honestly. And that seems like such a silly thing, but... I, I will come out and say that during the... I don't even want to say his name. Chapik. No. Eisner. Mm. During that whole era where the characters in the animation had square fingers and it didn't look right and all these other things and all these changes were happening that I didn't necessarily agree with, I about walked away. Because I'm like, it's not the same. It's not 
it's not the the warm fuzzy place that I went to with my family. Are you talking about movies like Atlantis and yes? Okay, but like even if you look at Pocahontas, the fingers are square. Yeah, mm-hmm. except for her fingers. Mm-hmm. But, right. But with that same thing, I mean, Hunchback was released at that same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. But there was a whole bunch of those movies that I had never seen until a very few years ago because they came out in that era. Yeah. Where I was like, no. Yeah. I'm done with Disney. I'm not doing this anymore. And then slowly, and now like Hunchback's one of my favorites, but it's mostly for the soundtrack. But it's an amazing story. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I can relate because I came out, those movies were the movies I was not introduced to because I I watched all of the older ones too. Mm-hmm. Rescuers, Pete's Dragon, like all of those. But, you know what? Oh. You think those are old? I know, I know. I mean, Snow White, Cinderella, like all of those. I grew up with Bambi. Oh, my gosh. Now, I think about movies like that now that are coming out. Like, all of the Disney movies now are computer animation for the most part. And the animation is more 3D. We don't... The last drawing movie that looks like hand-drawn that came out that I can remember is Princess and the Frog. And mm-hmm. even then, it was it's different. It looks a little bit more 3D. But I had that same sort of salty feeling where I'm like, mm, are we now, ever since Tangled, I'm like, okay, is this going to be the new Disney animation? Right. And I'm still a little kind of like, can we just go back to like hand-drawn things right. once in a while? And I think I heard, and I don't know if it was Wish, regarding Wish, the, the Wish movie, or where I heard it, but somebody was talking about some movie, and again, I don't know if it was Disney or not, but they were talking, they were like touting the fact that it was hand-drawn animation. And I'm like, so we're going in a circle here. So we've got this new, latest, greatest computer animation, but no, because we're feeling nostalgic, so let's go back to hand-drawn. And I wish I could remember what it was from, but I I don't. Dang, yeah. The last hand-drawn movie was Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. That's been, what, 10 years, even more? 2009, I think. Wow. Mm-hmm. 2009 was Princess and the Frog, yes. Damn, you know your stuff. The last, they, they actually said the last one was the 2011 Winnie the Pooh movie. It was hand-drawn. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I totally understand your view on that because I've been there and I'm still kind of in that boat where I'm like any new Disney movie, especially actually now it's more of the live action that I'm salty about. That's because it's all salty about those from the beginning. Yeah. Cinderella was a pretty decent film. I think there's tons of Cinderella's. So it's just kind of whatever. Add it to the pile. Yeah, exactly. Take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. But then they start incorporating a ton of cgi calling it live action and to me i just i i promise i'm not that dumb i know that's not a real line okay (laughs) well if you look at something like the jungle book that they're saying oh it's live action if you put all of those animals together it would be a bloodbath yes (laughs) no kid needs to see that no and none of them can sing and dance no not a single they can't even talk right (laughs) what else do we want to talk about in this conversation. We didn't really even touch on Star Wars, but we don't need to. That could be an episode all... All by itself. By itself. All by itself. 
You know what we should do. I actually know the... If we wanted to do a Star Wars episode, I could facilitate a conversation between a couple people. I'll, we'll talk about... There are a couple people. Well, I'm talking about people that know the universe well. Oh, yeah. We'll talk names afterwards because I think it would be a hilarious conversation to be a part of. <laughs> I'm going to have to catch up. Like, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch everything. So that I can give you my version of how it happened. Right. <laughs> I need to go back and catch up on the series. I need to watch the second season of Mandalorian. I need to watch the is Boba Fett. Is it second Fett. or is it third? I think, I think they're just second. No, See, I, I think don't know. There's a Isn't third. it a doozy just thinking about it anymore? Yeah, like it's so it's much like effort goes I? into. Where am I? Where yeah. is it? Where is it going? What is it? Who knows? What cares? Yeah, which is why we always what end up watching it? the same things over and over again. Yeah. Because sometimes you just want to sit back and not have to think about something. Mm -hmm. So there's three seasons of Mandalorian. I think I've, all, I've I've probably seen the first two seasons. Yes, we have. And then there's the Boba Fett series. There's mm -hmm. another series that's out there. Like that whole canon is huge. But again, that's another... Star Wars and Marvel are probably separate podcasts. So if you're interested in having those... having us have those conversations, let us know. We're not experts. plenty of time because I know nothing. But I do have a couple people in mind that I think could have a pretty robust Star Wars conversation that would keep people laughing. That that might be something we have to try and coordinate and, and do because I think that would be hilarious. Anything else movie related? I don't think so. But if, if, if you have the opportunity to go to the movie theater and see the Disney movies, please do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't let that die. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't we, we know, know it's expensive if, and all, but 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 just go do it. Do it. Yeah, I don't know if Little Mermaid will still be in the theater when we release this one, but if not, it's a good movie to see in the theater. It is. Go yeah. see the Elemental film in the theater. We still need to go see that one. That's how you are going to convince Disney to keep making good animation and good movies is by supporting what they do. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And with that last statement, remember, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow. And we'll see you real soon at the movie theater. Mm -hmm.